Rock and roll, Andy Hoare. Welcome to Friday 15. With Friday. It's Friday. <laughs> Excellent. Well, folks, uh, welcome to Friday 15 with Master D&D. Today we're talking some cool stuff about 2024 and planning for the next year. My name is Andy. My name is Andy. My name is Andy. <laughs> My name is Brian Beck. I'm getting confused. I'm mind melding with Mr. Hoare here. I don't know. Um, uh, anyway, uh, Brian Beck here. I'm uh, joined by Andy Hoare. We are the co-founders of uh, uh, Master B2B, Thought Leadership Series, and Community of B2B E-Commerce Executives. Andy, welcome to another Friday 15. Yeah, this is, uh, once again, a great topic. And, um, you know, we're talking about what people are concerned about for 2024. So, yes, you know, there's a lot to be concerned about. So we're going to have a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, there's certainly a lot to uh, a lot a lot to consider, you know, and a lot being thrown at our, our executives here. So we're just going to dive right on into this. Uh, one reminder before we do, folks, this is also a podcast. So if you enjoy our uh, discussions here on Friday 15, you go to Google, Spotify or Apple and download the uh, all of our sessions are now a part of our podcast. So you can listen at your leisure if you're cleaning your kitchen or at the gym or need a good sleep aid. Just dial us in. <laughs> And that commute, the commute's always good too. Yeah, good getting ready to fire yourself up for work and get all buzzed up right. about what you do. This is a great way to do it. Exactly. So, so our question today uh, for Friday 15, what are the top concerns of B2B e-commerce execs for 2024? So at the time we're, we're, we're doing this uh, session here, right at the beginning of December, 2023, it's a time when folks are thinking about trying to wrap things up for the year. And there's so much, Andy, being thrown at executives uh and the news you know for example this is a big story here we're talking about henry shine hit with a cyber attack in mid-october they are still dealing with the consequences of this the hacker called black cat reportedly said it had cost henry shine 150 million dollars in lost revenue this is no joke andy did you see this yeah how do you like the fact that these guys i guess have uh MBAs on staff because they do discounted <laughs> cash flow analysis and tell you exactly right. how, what the value is of what they stole from you. I uh, know 35 terabytes of data. Wow. They were down for at least a week. And two weeks after this was announced, they, or after it happened, they announced yep. it later. Uh, they still had a message on the website saying call to order. And so, you know, there seems to be a targeting of the healthcare vertical here. And I think they got caught up in that, even though they're really a dental supplier. It's on a hospital, for example, which is right. where they really hold people hostage, sadly. Uh, interestingly enough, Henry Schein has a $60 million cyber policy that is going to cover some of this. Yeah, insurance, which yep. I didn't even know that was a real thing. But um so yeah, there's going to come, but you know, in reading through this, I think we saw just quickly that there were other cyber attacks that now have to be um, announced because the SEC requires it if it's material to the business. A lot wow. of times before, I think these things were just ignored, but wow. Ace Hardware had an attack earlier this mm -hmm. year. Shively uh, mm -hmm. Brothers had an attack. Um, this is, and there actually were a few others. Clorox got hit for $500 wow. million. Uh, Dole, $200 million. So this is, I mean, if somebody just, if somebody was stealing stuff out of your warehouse and it cost you this amount of money, I think there'd be a lot more outrage and a lot more action, yeah. but 
there's got to be something done here because this is literally having a material impact on businesses. And, and, and executives, you know, you think about where they're focused, right? And again, things being thrown at them constantly. This is something that can fall under the radar, right? You don't necessarily think, oh, well, that, you know, we've got our protections in place, we have our disaster recovery, et cetera. But this, you know, should this be a concern, um, you know, uh, of, of folks, you know, of executives as they head to next year? And this isn't just, you know, I don't know if you saw this article here, a 23andMe confirms hackers stole ancestry data on almost 7 million users. This isn't just commerce data, Andy. We're talking about personal information being so this is a trend that that seems to be occurring here and and clearly needs to be something that that executives are paying attention to but then you know switching gears you see this story new york times mckinsey reported on that this week all that empty space belongs to someone one third of full-time workers in the united states are still working at least partly from home one major city's empty office space is now above 70 percent you know this is compounding the work from home concerns how do you recruit in this environment this is still a lingering issue from the pandemic. So, you know, is this a top concern, right, Andy? What do you think? Well, it remains a top concern for top talent. I've said this for the longest time. I think this will equilibrate. Eventually, you'll have hybrid, you know, models, which are kind of what exists right now. But there are a lot of really talented people who are mostly individual contributors, and they're not in a management role per se. But they're the backbone of a lot of these businesses and what really differentiates them. And a lot of them are like, I don't want to go into the office. You know, right. it's inconvenient. I got to commute. You know, it reduces my productivity because I spend a lot of my time helping other people and then I can't do my own work. You know, that wasn't an option before, but working from home is an option for these people. So you strike this kind of Faustian bargain where with your top talent, you're saying, hey, I need you to come into the office to help other people, which doesn't right. help you but helps us. And at the end of the day, I think most people are going to say to themselves, I'm going to do it to my best interest, or maybe I'll go work someplace else. Well, we talked about the power shifting back to the employer in 2023. And this actually questions whether that's true, right? I mean, has, does the employer really still really have the balance of power here? Has it shifted it back to the employer or to stay with the employee? I think it's still largely with, with the employee in this kind of environment, Andy, to your well, point. I think we're seeing and the evidences and what commercial developers are doing. They're basically looking at these buildings and saying, we're never going to fill these buildings right. with businesses right. again. So in a lot of urban areas, I live in Chicago, they're looking at these buildings and trying to figure out how to convert them into condos. And there are actually some real problems with it. Like there aren't windows in the middle. Right. <laughs> right. right. And so you can only have apartments on the outside, which means what goes in the middle. I mean, there's a lot of questions. Right. You can't just right. retrofit a building. Plus the windows don't open up on a lot of places i mean it's kind of fascinating yeah no doubt what they're dealing with but it isn't you can't just directly transition so some of these buildings may just have to go and be replaced right. by either nothing green space or potentially uh uh you know new new condo buildings yeah we'll see we'll see how it evolves and then of course andy there's ai just yesterday google announced a gemini raising the stakes in the global AI race. I mean, AI, every executive we talked to is thinking about this. We just got a comment in from Isu. Thank you, Isu. He said this, how is AI going to impact the B2B business? What should be done now so that we're not surprised by the avalanche? Thanks for that comment, Isu. You know, um, th this is a real deal too. I mean, everyone's talking about it. Is it, is it ready for prime time? We've done, we've done sessions on this, Andy. We've done this on Friday 15 and in our debates. 
and uh, you know, I think we're, we the, the 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 consensus is that there's some real things going on here that people need to really pay attention to. Is it a top concern though? Right? Sure is around product data. I think that's the big initial opportunity. People talk about customer service. I think that will happen as well, but probably yeah. slower in B two B because it's a lot of domain expertise and people are used to talking with people and a lot of that information is in people's heads in yep. B2B. So to me, that'll be a slower burn, but I think on the product side, and we've seen a lot of this in our conversations with our community, companies are really moving forward on using AI to restructure product mm -hmm. data and make it more useful for recommendations and selling and just frankly, organizing the data, which right now is kind of a, a hodgepodge of stuff you know, strewn around the company. Well, we've seen it. Two, two, two quick notes there. You know, we've seen that if the if the information exists in the world, meaning it's on the web or wherever, and which is why Google has such an advantage because they have access to so much data. If it exists in the world, and as it relates to product and content, you know, product related content, then a distributor or someone who who can go out and use AI to gather and clean and all that the the information for products for their use on their site. However. If I'm a manufacturer and the information doesn't exist anywhere, AI has nothing to, to go to, right? To, to, yeah. So we found that. The other thing I'll, I'll suggest here is in our Atlanta roundtable um, just last month, Andy, one of the executives of VPs of Ecom said, we're using AI in the context of our call center to actually create custom messages. Mm. So I, I actually don't fully agree that the, the, customer, the customer service side of this actually is here. So they're actually doing more personalized messages using AI than they were before, where they were just cutting and pasting responses. So <clears throat> then, the, then you have this other Andy uh, changing topics again. You've got the economy. This is uh, this is you know this last week, economists forecast or this week, economists forecast a 50% recession odds amid stark economic slowdown in 2024. This is data from the National Association for Business Economics. A rise in unemployment, stubbornly high inflation, a 50% chance of recession. You know, this is this is more macroeconomic stuff. But I mean, as a B2B comm exec, you've got to be thinking about this, right? Well, and next year we have an election, election right? Uh, as well. And uh, there's a lot going on. <laughs> there's a lot going on. And it's funny, the, the economy has proven itself to be quite resilient. Um, you know, interest rates are actually starting to level off a little bit. Inflation is still stubbornly high, but just today, and you forgot to play your breaking news music, but just today they announced <clears throat> the, uh, December. Just this morning, uh, they announced, uh, the, uh, unemployment. Uh, figures and they were pretty soft actually. I think it was 199,000 new jobs, which is less than they thought. And they've been seasonally adjusting the old ones down. Mm. So the economy is starting to soften a bit. And uh, the question is, why haven't we had a recession right, yet? Right, right. And yeah, that's yeah. the part nobody knows. And so right, people right. are wondering, are we going to just get through this with a soft landing or are we still waiting for a hard landing? Even the best economists in the world are are literally flummoxed by this why we haven't seen it because the yep. interest rates are, are where they are inflation is where it is these are things that slow the economy down but right, we also right. have labor shortages and it's like you throw all this together it's a big mess yeah no 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 question so so you got folks that are out there um turn your turn your volume down there andy it sounds like i'm echoing a little bit for some reason um the um 
you know, you throw all this out there and, and folks like us, you know, and, and other analysts are looking at, you know, what, what does this mean? Right. So they did, there was a survey that came out uh, recently here. We're showing a survey. It's an Accenture survey, uh, which was pretty recent. What are the top concerns among C-level executives worldwide for 2024? Interestingly, the top of all these different, and there's like seven different selections here. The top one is advancements in technology and innovation, such as AI. So when they did this survey, everyone's saying AI. That's our concern. Uh, followed by, interestingly, Andy, to the articles, security breaches, right? So what was also jumped out at me about this chart is where's economic uncertainty? It's down the towards the bottom, 34% versus 55% saying AI. So I think the economy is there, but for this broad survey of you know thousands of people, it's over 2,000 executives, you know, it was really all about AI. What we've learned though with B2B folks is that they are very practical. And mm -hmm. for them, economic issues, budgets, those things matter more than <clears throat> a lot of this other stuff. They're late adopters to new technology, although AI has been foist on everybody and it's made everybody an early adopter. And there's a lot of concern in our space about that. Again, the security breaches, what we talked about earlier, that kind of quote unquote snuck up on a lot of B2B companies. That's become a big deal. Buyer behavior, which is number three on the chart here, is a perennial problem. Talent shortages, skills shortages, et cetera. You know, I think a lot of B2B companies tend to be parochial too. They tend to focus on regional and local issues. So sure. geopolitical tensions are not something that these right. companies are necessarily dealing right. with, but they are affected by them yeah, without without question. So well, when we yeah. looked at our yeah, good. Yeah, when we looked at our well, to that your point again about you know practicality of B2B executives, when we did our survey in 2023 of uh, the state of B2B e-commerce. We surveyed, we found that six, number one, 68%, when we asked them about top barriers for B2B e-commerce growth, 68% said that budget was their top barrier. So talk about practicality. You don't got the money. You can't do anything. Right? And so, we asked about some of these other, it wasn't like a one question survey. There were several questions in the survey and, and this was one of them and budget finished at the very top. Yeah. And then we went out to LinkedIn and we, and we, we uh, asked this question this week, Andy. What do you think the top concerns are in 2024 for B2B e execs? And here's the result of our LinkedIn poll. For those of you on the podcast, I'll read it. Um, top concern, number one, the economy and limited budgets far and away, 57% said that over AI, 21%, over human resourcing, 11%, over changes in buyer behavior and B2B, 11%. So by far and away economy, right? So this is to your point, very much about practicality. So what does a B2B executive do with this, Andy? <laughs> Pray? <laughs> no. um, you could do that, sure. But what no, else? I think, it, I think it, it sounds tried to say this, but it's really know what your customers are buying. You know, really know your customers deeply. And I think there's a lot of technology to help you understand that. Um, and, and control what you can control and don't try and control what you can't control. But you know, the big one, there's a security breaches thing. Don't be a late adopter to that. Get the stuff in place for that. You don't want to wake up one day and have a Henry Stein where for two weeks, you're not able to run your business. If you're a multi-billion dollar business, that could be devastating. You can't control the economy. I think we're seeing a lot of companies around the hiring front getting less uh, aggressive around uh, on that note where they're hiring contractors, temporary people. 
kind of trying to make it possible to scale up and down. I think that's a smart move in an uncertain time. And uh, AI, you know, separate the hype from the reality. We had a prediction we did recently where, you know, we think it's overhyped and underhyped at the same time. So we split the difference. But, you know, our, our feeling is that in certain uh, regards, AI generative value is extremely valuable, but it's not everything isn't going to be useful for you. So separate what's useful. Right. Well, I think it's part, part of it is also, you know, using AI, for example, to create efficiencies in the organization. You talk about data, customer service, areas where, you know, writing content, places where you can actually, you know, if you want to get something done, leveraging AI versus more expensive, um, potentially other types of resources. So the budget, I think people are getting scrappy and smart. We hear this in our roundtables and also on our forum, which is uh, we encourage you guys to join this um, our forum has almost, uh, I think we're at about 350 members. It's all practitioners asking questions. The key here, when you think about prioritizing in times of tighter budgets, you've got to talk to your peers about what's working, what's not working, uh, get input. Prioritization is more critical than ever. So this is a place you can do it. There's no cost for you to join. It is only practitioners. We have no vendors or solution providers in here. Go to our website, Master B2B, click on forum and submit a um, uh, application to join and uh, we'll review that and if it all looks good you'll be in the forum uh, and so Andy we've got uh, some exciting stuff coming up we have one more Friday 15 session this year uh, which is next Friday we hope you'll join us for that um, it's a year in review right yeah we're gonna do a year in review talk about all the all the things we saw this year some things we learned and uh, and then we'll be off to, uh, to to celebrate the new year and off to a great new year next year we have almost 50 events planned across the country, virtual, physical, and of course, lots of these Friday 15. So encourage you to join us uh, again next week. And uh, thank you all for listening today. Andy, any final words of wisdom for our, our listeners today? No, I think if you're a B2B commerce executive and you're not in the forum, you're making a big mistake. Again, it's free, so the cost shouldn't be a barrier. It is invite only, so we, we do have to approve the application. But the interaction we see these folks have with one another is priceless. Right. To be able to bounce an idea off of somebody, who are you going to bounce an idea off of? Your boss? I mean, right. to be able to go to somebody at your level in another company and say, hey, I want to try this. What do you think about this? Or how do you approach that? That's the kind of thing we offer that to me seems pretty unique. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, folks. Well, Andy, another great session of Friday 15. Thanks for joining. We'll see you next week. See you.